we have a crisis in the world, tremendous crisis, and also crisis in our consciousness, in us. I see the urgency of change, radical revolution, mutation in the mind. I see it. It is necessary. There is complete quietness of the mind, and that which is silent has vast space. Only then that which is nameless comes into being. This is Urgency of Change, the Krishnamurti podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 70 of Urgency of Change. Each weekly episode in this season of the Krishnamurti podcast is based on a major theme of the revolutionary philosopher's talks, such as freedom, self-knowledge, beauty and meditation. Extracts from our archives have been carefully selected to represent Krishnamurti's different approaches to each of these universal and timelessly relevant themes. This week's theme is intelligence. Upcoming themes are habits, authority and awareness. This podcast is brought to you by Krishnamurti Foundation Trust. Please see our official YouTube channel for hundreds of video and audio recordings of Krishnamurti's full talks and shorter extracts. We are a non-profit charity and rely on your support to continue to preserve and make Krishnamurti's work available. If you enjoy our podcast, please consider leaving a review. This week's podcast has five sections. The first extract is from Krishnamurti's second question and answer meeting in Sanan, 1985, titled Partial versus Holistic Intelligence. What is intelligence? What do you think is intelligence? The meaning of that word, if you looked into a good dictionary, etymological dictionary, it points out interledgery, to read between the lines. You understand? There is a space between the two lines. To read between the lines, that's one meaning. The other meaning is to gather information of every kind and to discern among the various information what is the correct information. That depends on choice, on one's education, on one's way of life and so on. So, there is the intelligence, there is the intelligence of the body, right? There is the intelligence of the body if you let it alone, not take a lot of wine, you know, alcohol, drugs, and live according to taste, sensation, then the body loses its own intelligence. The body is an extraordinary instrument, right? How all the nerves are connected to the brain, 
how the liver works. You follow? The heart. From the moment it's born till it dies, the heart keeps on beating. It's an extraordinary machine. Right? It's the product of million years. Right? Tremendous. I should go into it. If you have seen some of the pictures, photographs, television in which they show the body, it is amazing what nature has done through a million years or two million years. And we destroy the native intelligence of the body by doing all kinds of extravagant things. Drinking, sex has its place, but you know the whole issue of it. Ambitious, greedy, fighting, struggling, tremendous strain on the body, heart failure. And the bypass after great operation. All that affects the brain, the nerves, the organism. Therefore, the, the physical, biological instrument is gradually destroyed, gradually withers and has, loses its vitality, its energy. Right? If one left it naturally alone, not depending on taste, it then looks after itself. You don't have to do a thing, except for a, for a person like Kate's 90 years old, so it has built calf. So, what is intelligence? There is the body intelligence, right? Imagine how the heart delivers the nerves, all the strain, the structure, the brain itself can defend itself. There is any danger, it reacts. Certain glands, I don't know all about it, but you can see it, how quickly it comes to defend itself. So, there is the body intelligence. Let's leave that alone now. Then, what is the intelligence that a clever physician, a technocrat, technologist, or the man who puts very, very, very complex machine together, who thousands of people get together, send a rocket to the moon, that requires intelligence cooperation. See, everything is perfect. Right? That requires great intelligence and co- That requires great intelligence. Certain type of intelligence. And that intelligence which is very cunning, calculating, which has put together the whole rituals of the world, the temples, the mosques, 
the churches. That's also very clever, very intelligent to control people through their apostolic succession. Sorry, if you're Catholic, forget what I'm saying. All that, it is, there is also an Indian Sanskrit word for it. This handing it down, the original <laughs> handing down his benediction or his apostolic succession. That also demands quite a clever movement. Right? That's also very intelligent to control people, to make them believe in something that may may not exist, and to have faith, and to be baptized. You follow the whole of it. It's very clever if you watched it. Very intelligent. Which the communists are doing. Right? They have their God, Lenin. And below him, Stalin, all the way down, the present gentleman. So it is the same movement. And all that is also very intelligent, partially. And the scientists, the theoretical physicists, all are very partially intelligent. Right? <coughs> then, what is a holistic intelligence, you understand? Which is whole, which is not fragmented. I'm, I'm very intelligent in that direction, but in other direction I don't care, I'm dull. I'm very good at the physical scientist, you know, all that. And so there is partial intelligence in various phases of life, and we're asking, is there an intelligence which is complete, you understand, which is not partial, which is not fragmented? Right? We're going to find out. Are you going to find out, or am I going to find out and tell you? Please, am I going to answer that question, or are you going to answer it? Is there an intelligence which is incorruptible, not based on circumstances, pragmatic, self-centered, and therefore broken up, fragmented, not whole. Is there an intelligence which is impeccable, which has no holes in it? which covers the whole field of man. Inquire into it. 
to inquire into it, the brain must be completely free of any conclusion, right? Any kind of attachment, right? Any kind of self-centered movement, self-interest. Therefore, a brain that is totally free from fear, sorrow, and when there is the end of sorrow, there is passion behind it. Where very sorrow etymologically has a deeper meaning than merely shedding tears and pain and grief and anxiety. Passion is not for something. Passion per se, for itself. I may have passion for a belief. A belief may evoke in me passion, a symbol, a community. A devotion, an imagination, all that is still very limited. So there is first one has to discover, one has to come upon this passion which is neither lust nor has any motive. Is there such passion? or mere sensation, sensation, etc. There is such passion when there is an end to sorrow. When there is end to sorrow, there is love and compassion. And when there is compassion, not for this or that, but compassion, then that compassion has its own supreme quintessence intelligence. That's neither of time, neither is it, does it belong to any theorists, any technologies, to nobody it is. That intelligence is not personal, all universal, all the world surrounding. The second extract is from the sixth talk in Sanan, 1979, titled Intelligence is Perception and Action. One must have intelligence. Intelligence is different from knowledge. In knowledge, as we pointed out earlier, there is ignorance, right? Whereas intelligence is free from ignorance and therefore free from illusion. 
and is not the result of accumulated knowledge, right? Intelligence. The quality of intelligence comes when there is perception and action. That is perception and no interval between perception and action. You see, act. You see danger, right? Like a precipice. And the very perception is action. You move away instantly. That is intelligence. That's part of that intelligence. You see a dangerous snake, an instant action. Right? That's fairly simple. Because there, it's a physical response. And the physical reaction is self-preservation, which is intelligence, is the unintelligent that sees the danger and pursues it. Intelligence is the perception of that which is psychologically dangerous and acting instantly. That is intelligence. Psychologically it is dangerous to depend on another. Right? For affection, for love, for comfort, for enlightenment, for uh, cycle. That is dangerous, because you are not free. And therefore the very perception of that danger and the acting of it is intelligence. Right? One must have that quality of intelligence. That intelligence is denied when you are conforming to a pattern, laid down by the gurus, by doesn't matter who, some idiotic person. Or conforming, imitating, following. Therefore there is the ideal and the action which is different from the ideal or conforming or adjusting to the ideal, which is lack of perception, right? Lack of seeing the actual movement of this. And when there is perception, the ideal, the imitation, the conformity, following totally ends. And that is intelligence. You are following? I am not defining intelligence. It is so. 
It's only the neurotic that sees the danger and continues. Neurotic, the stupid, the thoughtless, the man who just follows his own particular idiosyncrasy pleasures and gives it a rational meaning and so on. So one must have this quality of intelligence. Then with that intelligence is there a state of a movement, whatever you like to call it, which can solve all these innumerable conflicts and miseries. You are following all this? The mind that is totally intelligent. And that mind is inquiring. With that intelligence, we are inquiring to find out if there is, there may not be, if there is an act, a state, a quality that resolves every issue of our life. Surely I'm hesitant because one has to use words that have been spoiled. One has to use a word that has lost all its meaning. A word like love has become sexual, sensory, sensuous. With it goes pleasure, fear, anxiety, dependence, and all the ugliness that takes place in the so-called relationship. So one uses that word very, very hesitantly. It is in no way related to jealousy, fear or sorrow. It is total responsibility, not only to your immediate person but to the total responsibility to the whole of life not only your life but the other life. 
I say that love is the total answer. Without that, do what you will, stand on your head for the rest of your life, sit in a position, lotus or whatever you do, So, with that intelligence goes the other. You understand? Without intelligence you cannot have the other. They are inseparable. And that's why compassion has this quality of great intelligence, and that is the solution which will solve all our problems. The third extract is from the third question and answer meeting in Sanan, 1984, titled Unlimited Intelligence. Could you tell us more about this vast intelligence of which you speak? Is it an untapped capacity within the brain, or is it some disembodied force to which we may become open? Lovely question, isn't it? There is ordinary intelligence in there. You wouldn't be sitting here if you hadn't intelligence, would you? You took a train, you walked, you went car, you went by a bus and so on, which is the exercise of intelligence to come here, because you wanted to come. Or it is intelligence to write a good letter. It is intelligence to put the computer together. It is intelligence that has put man on the moon. And it is not intelligence who put, puts a flag up there. Right? And it is intelligence that has made the computers, missiles, the atom bomb, neutron bomb, the hydrogen bomb, and all the things that are investigating about cancer, you follow? Liver trouble and so on, so on, so on. That's all requires intelligence. And that intelligence is the outcome of thought. Right? Right? But that intelligence is limited, because it is the outcome of a very careful, logical, experimental, systematic working it out, which is thought. Right? 
and thought is limited. Therefore, all measurement, which is technology, is limited. They are adding more and more and more every year. Right? Where there is the more, it is limited. Right? Or put together. Or the better is limited. I am better than yesterday. It's very limited. Now, is there an intelligence which is not limited? I'm asking you. you I'm not. Te- we are not telling each other. Is there, we recognize the common intelligence? Earn money, do business, go to the factory, get up in the morning. You know all the rest of it. That that requires certain intelligence, which is limited. Right? Because it's the outcome of thought. And thought, born of knowledge, and as knowledge is limited, always in the future or now, <coughs> so thought is always limited. And the intelligence of thought is limited. That's simple. <coughs> and is there intelligence which is not limited. Right? Now, who is going to find out? How will you find out? In what? How will you? Not how. How do you inquire? You understand? How do you probe into this? Knowing that thought has created intelligence which is limited. The artist, the poet, the great sculptures, the great literary people, painters and so on, all their things are limited, naturally. Though the artist may not accept that, but doesn't. Scientists accept it. Because they are adding more and more and more every year, getting more and more knowledge about biology, about everything. So, is there an intelligence which is not additive? You say the word adding, adding, adding to it. How how can one probe into this? To go into it together. I'm not telling you what to do, please. I'm not your guru. I'm not your leader. I'm not your helper. That's not cruelty. Because we have been helped by so many people for thousands of years. And this help has made us weak. This 
help from seeking from so many from so many directions is making us feeble. We cannot stand on our own feet and observe and be responsible. Right? If you are seeking help, how can you be responsible? Or if you are dependent, how can you be responsible? So how do we in how is it possible to probe into this? Into that intelligence which is not limited? That intelligence, I don't know, we don't know, right? It's not I speaker has talked about it. He may know it or he may not know it. That's irrelevant. But how, how should you come upon it? To inquire into it, I must inquire into my whole existence. Right? That means my existence, daily existence, not some illusory existence on another plane, another dimension, and so on, super ego, super consciousness, all that ideological nonsense. So I must probe into my life. Obviously, the first thing is, where there is conflict, there is no intelligence. Right? If I'm in conflict all the time with people, with ideas, with theories, opinions, right? So, is there an end to conflict? Which means, is there an end to conflict and other problems so that the brain is free? Right? Are we together, in, at least verbally? You can see the logic of it, the sanity of this. The brain is conditioned, and conditioned to conflict. I'm taking that one issue. That brain is in conflict. Where there is conflict, it is impossible to see things clearly. Right? I see things very clearly, that thought is limited, and whatever it does is limited, technologically or so-called spiritually, is limited. And one sees also conflict being the way of life, struggle, being somebody, achieving something, and so on, so on, so on, is conflict. 
and conflict distorts perception. Right? If I'm quarreling with my wife or my husband or with neighbor, I cannot see things as they are. I won't go into it more. So there must be that if I see the truth of it, that very truth frees the brain from conflict. That is intelligence. Right? Seeing the truth of something and let that truth act. Right? I see very clearly as long as there is conflict in the brain, it is not possible to see things clearly. That very perception ends conflict. Right? Because it's so. It is so, a snake is dangerous. Wild animal is dangerous. It is so, there is no two ways about it. Right. So, where is conflict? Where is the root of conflict? What makes the brain live in endless conflict? Is there a remedy for it? Not drugs, not alcohol, not some kind of fanciful imagination. Is there a perception that is that frees the brain from conflict, and therefore that brain is now moving or living in a quite a different state, right? And what is that state? You're following? We are not analyzing, we're just observing. Is that very briefly, got so little time. Very briefly, analyzer is the analyzed. Now there is the analyzer separate from the thing he's analyzing. I'm analyzing myself. Suppose I have separated myself from the, the thing which I am observing. Right? I'm angry or jealous or neurotic, probably neurotic more. I'm neurotic. And then I say, why am I neurotic? As though it was something outside of me. Right? I am neurotic because the brain is neurotic. Right? My whole being is neurotic. It's not, I am different from neurosis. So the observer, the analyzer, is the analyzed. Clear? Like the experiencer is the experience. Of course. It's rather difficult. I, need I go into this? 
the thinker is the thought, right? That's clear. The thinker who says, I'm separate from thought, and therefore he controls thought, his shape, right? But the thinker is thought itself. So the thinker is the thought. The analyzer is the analyzed. Now, move next step, which is experiencer is not different from the experience. He thinks he's different. And therefore he says, I must experience. To experience, you must recognize it, right? Otherwise, it's not an experience. But to recognize it, you already know it. I wonder this. So the experiencer is the experience, the thinker is the thought, the analyzer is the analyzed. Right? Probably the analysts and the therap- therapists and so on won't agree with this, but just a minute. Probably, I said, they may. So, there is being, if there is no conflict, it means there is only the fact. Right? Right? There is only the ending of conflict. It's a fact. Or not a fact. Then, what, what takes place in relationship? You understand? That's when there is no conflict inside my brain, inside the brain, it's not my brain, it's the brain of all of us, that we won't go into for the moment. This brain is now without conflict, right? Because I watched it, walked looked at it. And therefore, in my relationship, there's no conflict. With a woman, man, right? right? Then, when there is no conflict in a relationship, then what is it? Is it not love? Right? When there is no conflict, you understand, so the borrowers so dazed about all this. When there is no conflict between you and me, you understand? There is no difference between you and me. You may be a woman, I may be a man, and so on. You may be tall, short, black, white, purple, or whatever it is. But when there is no conflict, there is total relationship between you and me. That is love. Right? Love is not jealousy. Love is not desire. Love is not pleasure. Pleasure means conflict. Desire means conflict. I want to do something, you, my wife, want to do something else. Where there is love, she can do what she wants, but there is love. You understand? 
the whole transformation has taken place. Where there is love, there is compassion. And where there is love and compassion, that is intelligence. There, where there, that intelligence is, gives, in that intelligence there is absolute security, not relative security. That is intelligence. But one has to be tremendously watchful, which will be now. And that intelligence is limitless. It's not yours or mine, it's intelligence. Love is not my love and your love, it's love. That love may be for one or the many, it's still love. Where there is love, there is no hate, there is no enemy. Don't you know all this? So that is intelligence. You can't talk endlessly about it unless you do it. I can talk, one can talk about it as I have been doing. If you go into it much deeper, I don't know if it's the time for it. You know, have you ever thought, looked at a drum, a drum is tuned to its highest excellence, right tone, and when you strike on it, it gives the right note, right? It is tuned. So the brain, when it is tuned, it gives right note, right response. I wonder if you capture all this. And it's not tuned, like Dhamma is not when it's not when it's confident, it's slack. So to the brain tuned not you tune the brain because you are part of the brain you have to go I won't go into all that so is it possible like the drum which is tuned to its highest excellence to have the brain so tuned that she gives the right note all the time. Yes, sir. The fourth extract is from the third talk in Sanan, 1980, titled Where There Is Intelligence, There Is Right Action. 
So, where there is intelligence, there is correct action. Intelligence is not knowledge, is not accumulated information. Where there is insight into the attachment, that insight is intelligence, and from that intelligence there is correct action. Right, sir? Don't look at me, not worth it. But look at yourself and find out. Because man has lived with corruption for a million years. And all his actions must be corrupt, must bring chaos, conflict. And his actions are based on ideals, on concepts, on values, which are all the product of thought. <coughs> there is no divine absolute value. even though the priests may say that. When they do say it, it is their, the activity of their own thinking. So, there is an action which is completely whole, completely incorruptible, in daily life, not somewhere in heaven, That is, can, I, can a human being live in this world with that intelligence? That intelligence is born out of insight, for an example, into attachment. Insight. Insight means having full comprehension of the whole process of attachment, immediately. You understand what I'm saying? You all must have an insight to something or other occasionally, where that insight is not memory, is not the process of value or a conclusion, it is a, more, a, a, a second of complete comprehension of that which you see, totally. And that is the essence of intelligence. And that intelligence is not yours or mine, and therefore it's always acting correctly. Will you try it? Do it? Do it as we are sitting here, not when you go home. As you are sitting here, observe yourself, observe your action, 
with regard to your wife, to your husband, to your neighbour, to your politics, to your religion, whatever it is. And can you have, without analysis, a, a perception, a seeing the whole consequences and the cause of this attachment instantly, immediately? Because that implies the freedom from time. The final extract this week is from the fourth talk in New Delhi, 1972, titled In Intelligence is Total Security. When you see that, then there is security in observation and learning which is the act of intelligence. In intelligence there is complete, total security. And that intelligence comes when you have observed all those things which are not, uh, which are unintelligent. You got it? Get, you get it verbally, please. You understand? If you haven't got it deeply, just listen to the words of it. So there is security in total intelligence. That intelligence is not yours or mine, it is intelligence. And in that there is security. Therefore the brain cells become quiet, you understand, because it is capable of observing that which is false and because it has seen that which is false, there is intelligence, in that there is security. So the mind becomes naturally, easily, sweetly, without any effort becomes extraordinarily quiet. And in that stillness of mind there is no time It is not a question of can the mind sustain or maintain or continue in that silence. That is the desire of thought which wants to pursue that silence as pleasure. Therefore that silence, in that silence there is no experiencer, no observer, but only that quality of complete and total silence. In that silence the door is opened, and what lies beyond the door is indescribable. 
cannot be put into words. All that you can do is actually come to the door and open it. It's your responsibility as a human being. And this whole of this is meditation. The absolute quietness of the body, the absolute quietness of a mind that is totally religious, in which there is not a spark of violence, conflict. Violence exists where there is will. And when you've understood all this, when you have lived the daily life of all this, then you will come to that door and you will open it and discover, open that door. What lies beyond is indescribable.